How have changes in the understanding of the science of how we see affected the process of visual thinking? Welcome to the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, Director of Foothill Psychiatry in Boise, Idaho, your host. And with me today is Dan Rome. Dan is the founder of Digital Rome Incorporated, a management consulting company that helps business executives solve complex problems through visual thinking. Dan developed his understanding of the power of pictures as a business problem-solving tool when he founded Red Square Productions in Moscow in 1990, the first marketing communications company in the then Soviet Union. When he arrived in Russia, his lack of Russian language skills forced him to use his visual skills to share ideas with colleagues and clients, and that is where he began to develop the visual thinking tools introduced in the book, The Back of the Napkin. Welcome to ReachMD, Dan. Thanks, Leslie. My pleasure. Uh, Dan, outline for us the science behind how we see. Well, I became intrigued by the science of vision because I wanted to understand why some of the pictures that I was creating to help people solve problems seemed to really clarify problems very well, while other types of pictures almost seemed to make things more complicated. And with my own background, again, in biology and in fine art, I wanted to take a bit of a scientific approach to this, saying I'm not happy with there just being sort of a random, highly qualitative notion here that certain types of pictures work in certain types of situations. I want to know what is the science behind some of this. So I've learned just enough to be really, really dangerous. And my own biology degree is now 20 years out of date. So I've relied on some other people that I've spoken to who are leaders in vision science. So I'm sure that everybody in the medical professions knows that tremendous leaps have been made in the last few years about all kinds of aspects of neurobiology, but in particular, the science of vision. How do we physically see? And one of the things that has really intrigued me, and I first got turned on to this by a book called Phantoms in the Brain by Dr. V.S. Ramachandran, who is, if I want to make sure I get it correct, I believe he's the head of neurobiology down at UC San Diego. And this book, Phantoms in the Brain, started to break down, for the first time for me in kind of layman's terms, the various visual pathways that have started to be identified in processing the visual signal as it comes in through our eyes, gets converted into an electrical signal in the retina, of course, and then gets passed through the optic nerve. And as that signal starts to enter the brain, we're beginning to see that what happens is That electrical signal is broken up into distinct paths that are processed through the various parts of our brain in also very distinct ways. And what really intrigued me was that the names of those vision pathways, and one of the vision pathways, I love this, this highly scientific term called the what pathway. And what really excited me was the idea that as we're looking, as we're physically looking at an environment or at a set of data, as visual information is coming into our eyes, part of it gets shunted off down this what pathway that provides all the processing as our brain seeks to identify what are the physical things that we are seeing in front of us. Are we seeing a car? Are we seeing a tree? Are we seeing our mother? What is it? But then a different part of the signal actually being shunted off in a completely different direction in the brain, actually through the old superior colliculus and through a much, much older part of our brain, is processing something called the where pathway. And that is very distinct because what that pathway is doing is telling us mentally where all of these objects are in relation to us. 
And what really intrigued me was the disconnect. We actually process from a vision perspective the nouns, the what's of our world, in a completely different process than we do the where's and the locations of those things. This is a little bit complicated, but the reason why I thought this was important is all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, if I started to make my pictures broken down into the same fundamental ways that we see so that each one of my pictures reflects one of the aspects of the environment around us, then those pictures, theoretically, ought to be very easily visually processed and kind of visually digested by the viewer. So the interesting thing is I've come up with, and I made this up, so I'm responsible for all of the biological and neurological errors that are in here, but essentially six fundamental ways that the world is broken down as we look at it. And those are the what's, the physical objects around us, then how much and how many of each one there are, where they're located, when they're located, when do they actually happen, how do these things we see interact with each other, and then, of course, why. So what's interesting is you have here the six W's, who, what, where, when, why, how, and how much, that are the same six W's that we were all taught way back in fifth grade in you know, English class about how to write an expository essay. If you can include the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how, you'll eventually get to the why, and you'll have told your whole story. And I know this goes on a little bit, but I found it fascinating. What it tells us in the end is that in order to create really powerful pictures that describe almost any problem or situation in front of us, if we can break the problem down into these six W's, we can then draw a very simple picture to represent each one of those six W's as well. So we can draw a portrait to represent a very simple picture of what. We can draw a timeline to represent a very simple picture of when. We can draw a map to draw a very simple picture of where things are located. We can draw a flow chart to make a very simple picture of how things are related and so on. And what this taught me was, and this is broken down in a little bit more detail in my book, is that in order to become good at solving problems with pictures, we don't need to know how to draw thousands of different kinds of pictures. If we can draw just six basic fundamental pictures, we can then combine them to create drawings that explain any problem we can possibly see. And tell me, Leslie, as I go through that, it gets a little bit complicated. Does that make sense to you? Makes complete sense. You know, I'm just wondering how we use this in real life. That's the question. It requires that we sit down in front of a napkin or a whiteboard to really map it out. But think about it like this. Let's say, and let's put this in the context of a doctor who's maybe running their own clinic, so has a bit of a business problem, because typically I'm dealing with people who have business challenges. If you are able to break down the type of challenge that you face into its fundamental components, and let's say that this particular medical practice is having a challenge on maybe This is probably not a realistic one, but let's say not getting enough patients to fill up all of the available time. Well, what you might be able to say is really the problem you have is a how much problem because the issue at stake is not enough patients. Okay, so the picture that I would draw to describe that problem is going to be a simple quantitative chart of some kind. But let's say that I go a little bit deeper and I say, well, my problem really has to do, I don't have enough patience because, let's say, the location of my office is not ideal. So now all of a sudden I've got a where aspect of my problem. And what I might be able to do is draw out a little map that says, well, 
here's where all the activity in my city takes place, but here's where my office is, and it's geographically far away from all the activity. Maybe that's part of the reason I'm not getting enough patients. And then I could go on a little bit further and say, well, maybe the problem has to do with timing as well. Maybe my office isn't open at the time when people who are potential patients are actually available to go and have exams. So what I might want to do is draw out a little bit of a timeline that shows when is my office open versus, say, when is everybody at work. And I've grossly oversimplified here, but I hope the idea becomes clear that through creating these very simple little pictures, a timeline indicating when I'm working and when my potential patients are not available, a map showing where my office is relative to where my patients might be located, those very simple drawings, by virtue of the fact that I physically draw them out, my mind is going to start seeing solutions to those challenges step by step as well. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dan Rome, author of The Back of the Napkin, Solving Problems and Selling Ideas with Pictures. We are discussing visual pathways and how to use the science that we all know to help better communicate with people and our patients. Dan, as you're talking, I'm thinking that you know, some of our listeners and, and physicians in general, I think, may get turned off by the business aspect that we're selling something, we're selling ideas or products or whatever. But really good physicians need to be great salespeople because one of our biggest problems, regardless of whatever specialty we're in, is getting patients to do what we want them to do, <laughs> to take the medicine and get the tests and change their diet and exercise and all of that. I'm wondering how this vision visual approach to those sort of problems might be able to be implemented. Well, Leslie, you bring up a great point. You know, probably many people do react badly to the term selling. You know, the way I look at it is we are, every time we have an idea and we're trying to convince someone else of that idea, we are, in fact, in the process of selling. And that might be kind of a gross way of stating it. But I think that there is such a tremendous communication power in the use of these simple pictures for some of the cognitive reasons that we've discussed But more to the point, just because when you express an idea with a simple picture, people get it immediately. So if there is a concept that we're trying to convince our patient of, and that might mean a change of diet, a change of lifestyle, if we can draw out a very simple diagram that explains why this is important to them, and it may be as simple as saying, look, if you exercise more, your cholesterol will be able to go down. It's very simple. You know, if it's as simple as that, I think putting it in the context of a simple picture not only makes it resonate in the patient's mind as something that they ought to do, but now they begin to actually see some of the causality and some of the why they should do that. And certainly, let's put it this way, any idea, I firmly believe this, I have seen this to be true, any challenge, any problem of any sort can be made a whole lot more clear through the use of a picture, if not outright solved. And if we're able to think from a medical professional's perspective, what is the problem that we're trying to solve with our patients and come up with a simple picture that both articulates what is the problem and what might be a solution to that problem, I think our ability to communicate it and convince our patient to do it is going to go up tremendously simply because it really, these simple pictures 
really resonate in the brain in the way the brain wants to process information. Makes complete sense to me. And Dan, I'm glad you didn't go to medical school. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, I guess. (laughs) Tell tell your mother that, okay? (laughs) All right, very good. I will. Thanks so much for being on our show today. All right, Leslie, thank you. We've been talking about how to present complex information visually with our guest today, Dan Rome, the author of The Back of the Napkin, Solving Problems and Selling Ideas with Pictures. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and you've been listening to the ReachMD Book Club on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments, so please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library online as well as on your XM radio. Thank you for listening.